Hey everyone, Josh Case here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy today's message. First Chronicles chapter 17, while you're getting there with me or following on the screen, let me just say this to you tonight. We're going to have another revival night. It's going to be full of miracles. It starts at 6 o'clock. I want you to come out and be a part of it. If you haven't been here, you have truly missed it. So how many of you are hungry for God's heart for your life? You want to be right where he's called you to be. And I'm starting a new series today on identity. And I just feel like this is an assignment that God has placed over me. Because how many of you understand this? In a world that is confused and clouded on matters of identity, the church has to be clear. Okay, I got about half of you saying amen. I said the church has to be clear. And I want to unlock some truth, so I'm going to be preaching that in the coming weeks. Because here's what I want you to understand. The devil doesn't want you to know who you are. Because he knows the moment that the church realizes who it is, he's on, he's on dangerous ground. Hallelujah. So I'm looking at 1 Chronicles chapter 17. Before I address the world and the issues in the world, I want to talk to the church today. So 1 Chronicles 17, verse 7. Now therefore, thus saith the Lord, you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheephole, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone. Come on now. And I have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I have made your name like the name of the great men who are on the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and I will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously. Since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, also I will subdue all your enemies. Somebody give God praise, come on. Furthermore, I will tell you that the Lord will build you a house you just say that in faith to somebody who needs it? The Lord will build you a house. I just feel like that's a prophetic word for somebody in this room. I'm not going to stay there, but somebody's been renting and you've been unable to have a house. But I hear the Lord say, get ready. The Lord's about to build you a house. Hallelujah. I don't know where... I, I, I grew up... And I never lived in a house that my parents owned. My parents never owned a house. But I release a prophetic word that somebody in here, God is going to build you a house in 2023. I need somebody that will receive it for somebody else to give God a praise. Uh. And it shall be when your days are fulfilled, when you must go to be with your fathers, that I will set up your seed after you. That's your children, your sons, your daughters. And I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house. And I will establish his throne forever. 
I will be his father. He shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him. How many of you believe that God's not going to take his mercy away from your children? As I took it from he who, he who was before you. And I will establish him in my throne, in my house, and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord? And what is my house <laughs> that you have brought me this far? <laughs> is there anybody here that can testify that God has brought you further than you ought to have been able to go? Uh, man, I feel that in my spirit. I want to teach for a few minutes who am I? We'll discover our identity. Are you ready, precious? And I love you so much. Slip up your hands. Father, I thank you for kingdom clarity in this next week as I teach on, on identity. I pray that you would just use me, Lord, and have your way. Thank you, Lord, that we are children of the King. Sons and daughters of the Most High. We thank you, Lord, that we don't strive today to be your children. We just are. And we give you praise for how far you brought us but yet how far you're going to take us because you ain't through if you love him give him a praise <laughs> preaching who am I today Or you sit down look at three or four people and say who am I who am I to be so blessed who am I to be so favored who am I allow me today in the inception of this message that I'm teaching to be crystal clear a confused world needs a clear church. A confused church in a confused world is no help to anyone and no threat to the devil. So before we can really address the issues in the world, all the confusion about gender identity and things like that, we're going to take that home. But first and foremost, we need to understand who we are. And it's powerful when the church begins to grasp who they are. I'm the head, not the tail. Got three people that are there with me. I said, I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm blessed going in and I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. I'm blessed at Chick-fil-A. I'm blessed everywhere I go. Not because of the amount of money I got in my bank account. I'm blessed because my king is Jesus. I'm blessed because I'm a son of the most high God. I'm blessed and no weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Eh. This is a powerful story here from the word of the Lord and it revolves around a man named David. This mighty man of God, David, now is at the apex and pinnacle of his life, starting as a sheep herder in a shepherd's field. Now look what the Lord has done. 
He's seen God do mighty and majestic things. He's seen the Lord take him further than he should have been able to go. He's seen victory after victory and breakthrough after breakthrough. Now he's just been promised. Can you imagine that his kingdom would never end? Can you imagine that he sees not only now am I going to be blessed, my children are going to be blessed. Is there anybody here that you don't want the blessing to stop with you, but you want it to go to your children and that Jesus tarries your children's children? David has promised that his name would be great like the greatest men who ever walked the earth. So in this moment, David is a legend, y'all. Already a giant killer, a history maker, a world shaker. See him in this moment, y'all. He rules over everything that he can see. He is wealthy beyond measure. He is a winning warrior and a conquering king. He, he, he has all this advantage in his life. But as he sits on the throne and sits in his palace, surrounded by incredible blessings that are present and awesome promises about the future, he grapples with the question that many of us are dealing with today. David asked this question, three little words, who am I? He's blessed, but he doesn't really know who he is. Y'all got the favor of God, but still doesn't quite know who he is. But there's a caveat to what David said. Two words after who am I? He said, who am I, O Lord? In essence, what he's saying there, precious, is God, I don't wanna know who my friends think I am. I don't wanna know who my family thinks I am. I don't wanna know what society thinks I am. I don't wanna know who my contemporaries think I am. I don't wanna even know who the priests and religious leaders think I am. I don't wanna know who society thinks I am. Lord, what's burning in my heart is God, who do you think I am? Uh. He wanted the opinion of the one that mattered. He wanted the opinion of the one that had created him and made him. And listen, if the one who created him created him, then he must know what he created him for. When we stand before God, y'all, and we will, every one of us in this room, and you watching by live stream who are part of our live stream church, we will stand before God. When we stand before God, no one else's opinion of us will matter. It won't matter what people thought of us. It won't matter what our friends thought of us. It won't matter who our friends thought we were. It won't matter who our wife, our husband, or our family thought we were. It won't matter who those we wish to impress thought we were. It won't matter who a preacher thought we were. It won't matter what religious folks, who they thought we were. What will matter is this, who does God think that we are? And so we say today, God, who am I in your eyes? That's where David was. And I want to know who I am in the eyes of the Lord. I want his assessment of me. I want his assessment of my heart. Come on, somebody. Because how many of you know people will judge you brutally and not even know your heart? 
And I want his assessment of me because that means more than anything else. We are living in a generation that prides itself of, in self-awareness and self-discovery. A generation searching for true identity. A generation that is confused about their gender. It's quiet in here. Confused sexually. And, and in this world that is so confused, I'm afraid that the church is having an identity crisis. I'm afraid that many in the church now, we've gotten leaders who are trying to walk so close to the world that we really have lost our identity in the earth. But I believe that God now is stirring something fresh among his people. And there are people here today who wanna join with apostle and say, I am not ashamed and I want the world to know that we have the answer and his name is Jesus Christ and I wanna be clear about my identity. Come on, let me hear from the Christians in the house who wanna be clear about who you are, what you believe. This generation, huh, it's craziness, y'all. I'm not gonna teach much here because I'm gonna take this on next week. But in LA now, they have put, at the LA airport, and I fly in there to preach often, they have now put men's urinals in the women's bathroom. You know what I say about that? The world is crazy. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want men going to the restroom in the same bathroom as my daughter. Come on, somebody. And the church cannot have an identity crisis right along with the world. And this generation is asking the right questions, but they're asking it to the wrong people. Our generation, Gen Z, this generation perceives its identity to be wrapped up in sexuality. The GLBTQ agenda is alive and well. This generation perceives itself to, to, to their, 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 their identity to be defined by who they're in a relationship with, or by their wealth, or by their possession, or by what they wear or even of their education or their social circles, but you must come to a place in your life, Gen Z, and everybody in this room where you say, Lord, I wanna know who I am in your eyes. <laughs> David's in that moment and in that moment, he said, I don't care what these other knuckleheads think of me. I don't care what these other folks say about me. They are not my source. They don't have what I require. And I'm telling you, I'm at a place right now in my life where I really don't give a royal rip about what people think of me. I have finally matriculated. I graduated from the university of I don't give a rip. Can I get a witness in this room? And when you get there, that's a wonderful place to be. Come on, somebody. I'm at a place in my life where I gotta get connected to the real source. 
Because when I'm connected to the real source, he can heal me when I'm sick. When I know who I am in him, he can bless me when I'm broke. When I know who I am in him, he can restore me when I'm wounded. He can forgive me when I've sinned. He can lead me when I'm lost. He can rescue my children. I wanna know who I am in him. And I wanna be defined by my walk with the Lord. Oh, if you know me, you know he's an apostle, he's this, he's that. Listen, if you don't know me first as a Christian, I am a child of the living God that supersedes anything in my life. Because here's the reality, precious, and I know this. I live this. People will label you. Help me, Holy Ghost. David knew this firsthand. There were those who labeled him. Label, what does it mean, apostle? It means to attach a label to and to mark with a name. It means to call you by your problem. See, Jesus knows your sin, but he calls you by your name. The devil knows your name but he calls you by your sin. But I'm glad to know that when Jesus redeemed me, he gave me a new name, hallelujah. David spent his life wearing monikers. He was a marked man, he was labeled. The friends and flatterers says, he's a mighty man of God. Ain't it something? I've been doing this long enough where some of the folks that used to say I'm a mighty man of God, don't even think I'm gonna make it to heaven now. Come on, y'all. Because people's opinions change. Listen, if you live on their flattery, you'll die when they begin to attack you and come against you. His friends and flatterers said he's a mighty man of God, he's a giant killer, he's an awesome king, he's an exceptional warrior, but his enemies, and some of his so-called friends secretly said he's a rebel, he's an uncouth sheep herder, he's unworthy, he's a sinner, he's an adulterer, he's a murderer. But listen, it's not about what people say about you that can destroy you, it's what you believe about yourself. Ha! It ain't what people call you, baby, it's what you answer to. Did you hear what I just said? It's not what people call you, it's what you answer to. The truth is even today, some of y'all are hearing people wanna identify you, not by your God-given identity. They wanna say you're an ex this. He, he's a, she's an ex-divorcee. He, he's an ex-drug addict, y'all help me. He's an ex-alcoholic. He's an ex-convict. But let me tell you, I have a word for you. When Jesus redeems you, when Jesus saves you, when his blood covers you, you are not an ex anything. You are a brand new creature. You are renewed in Christ. And who you were is not who you were anymore because you are made new. So you have to come to a point where you say you can't label me, you can't attach anything to me. I am born again. That means I'm not who I was, I'm brand new. Hallelujah. 
Can I get a witness? I said, can I get a witness here? You're looking around at all these people here today and you have no idea of the journey that they came through to get to church here this morning. You don't know about the years before. You don't know how dark they were. You don't know that there was a time when they didn't even believe God or confess Jesus. But here they are today and they are saved and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And their past does not define them anymore. And folk, folk won't let you get past your past. My dad used to say they'll bury the hatchet. Come on. But they leave the handle sticking out of the ground. Come on, somebody. I've seen people in marriages. They, we're going to bury the hatchet. But they leave it sticking out of the ground. Come on. And then they're riding down the road talking about where to go to dinner. I like hooligans. I don't want hooligans. You take me to that wing place all the time. She literally gets in the car and says, I know what you want. I said, let the Lord speak to you, honey. I am not a complicated man. You get me some chicken wings, baby. You'll get in the car with your wife and y'all will be talking about where to go to eat. And then it turns into a fuss. I want the chart house. Well, I was thinking McDonald's, come on. And all of a sudden, somebody goes against that hatchet. Yeah, but you remember back in 1982 when you did that? Listen, I'm so glad that when the Lord forgives us, baby, there is no doubt that we have been redeemed and our past doesn't hold us anymore. You may be wondering about why people are praising around you. It's because they know how far they've come and they know how good God has been to them. I'm going, I got a lot of teaching to do, but I need somebody right now to praise him for everything that's under the blood. Come on. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, say, this praise is under the blood praise. Come on and give him praise that it's under the blood. So, so here's what I need to let you know, precious. Even if you're failed, your failures represent what you did, not who you are. Some of you are letting today's promises be negated by yesterday's failures. You know that you're saved, but you will feel unqualified to step in the favor of the Lord. But I've come to tell you this morning, your potential is greater than your past through Jesus Christ. Don't allow people to label you, to attach labels that mark you and hinder you your entire life. And don't you label yourself. First and foremost, you gotta realize who you are in Christ Jesus. You gotta gain your identity and wrap it up in him. You, you gotta claim your identity in Christ, not the identity that the world wants to give you. 
I was reading something a while back and it was very interesting to me. In the past 200 years, there have been 53 documented cases of feral children. That, that literally means children who were raised by animals. And because they were raised by animals, they acted like animals. Their environment shaped their behavior. But this was not who they were. Their external situation shaped their internal perception of themselves. And we're in a society that's being shaped by its environment with unrighteous agendas. Societies that exalt sin and compromise and feeds the flesh and allows any hedonistic behavior. And you may be in bondage even today and you're hearing this message and you're dealing with drugs or alcohol or sexual struggles or sin or compromise. But I want to tell you, maybe you've been shaped by your environment. Maybe you've been shaped by who you've been hanging out with. Help me, Holy Ghost. Maybe you've been shaped by your environment, but I rise up to tell you today that even if you're lost and bound up, this is not who you were created to be. I want to tell every lost person, every drug addict, everybody in sexual sin that seems like they can't get out, I want to tell everybody bound up by the past, this is not who you are created to be. Here's the reality, a big buzzword now in church circles is let's get in touch with the culture. And I want to get in touch with the culture, but let me make something perfectly clear. When I touch the culture, I intend to change the culture. A church that is filled with believers who don't know who they are in Christ can truly be of no significant help to a lost and confused world. So I need you right now. I'm going to show you four things. If you want to know who you are in Christ, make a little noise in the room right now. Come on. Well, I, I thought you'd be more interested than that. If you want to know who you are and you want to walk that out, Because here's the deal, when you know who you are, you raise children who know who they are. Because you have the right environment that they're shaped in. So the Bible said in Romans 1, 7, loved of God. Paul is writing to the Roman church and he said, you are loved of God. Put your hand on your chest and say that. Say, I'm loved of God. And stop and give God a praise that you are. I'm loved of God today. Don't deserve it. But I'm loved of God. Now, here's where I want to get. Called to be saints. <laughs> Several times, he addresses churches. And he said to all the saints. So, let's get really radical. Raise up your hands right now. And say, I am. A saint. Oh, come on now. I'm a saint. Now, now in, in, in traditional uh, kind of churches and in the Catholic church, they would, they would give people the title of a saint. And it was often people that had done significant things. And, and that's beautiful. But the reality of it all is, 
I'm a saint. And when I accepted Jesus, I became a saint. And I hadn't done nothing. I hadn't prayed for nobody. I hadn't preached a message. I hadn't sang a song. I hadn't done anything significant. But the moment that I accepted Jesus as my savior, I became a saint. I'm a saint. Tell everybody I'm a saint. Hello there, St. Anderson. So good to see you. St. Josh, I'm glad you're at church today. Hey, St. Susie and St. Gary, welcome today. Oh, come on, somebody. Look at here. We got the St. Daytona Dream Center director right here. I love you, son. Are there any saints in the house? I need you to tell somebody your name and put saint in front of it right now. Okay, I'm St. Jim. So, so Debbie, look at your husband. Tell, tell everybody around you, I'm saint. No, no, y'all ain't acting like it's really real. I said, you are a saint. So I want all the saints right now who believe that you really are a saint, even if you feel like you ain't. If you believe that you're a saint, give God a praise in the room right now. I'm a saint. I'm St. Jim and this is St. Demetrius playing the organ. I'm a saint. 96 times in the Bible, the church is referred to as saints. And I'm glad that we are called to be saints. Now, what does a saint mean? That's, now this is where it gets real. Saint means to be set apart for God. It means I'm reserved for him. Huh. It means I'm exclusively his. When I'm a saint, I'm a saint morally. I'm a saint ethically. It's the idea of being pure, upright, and holy. Now I'm gonna mess you up. We are not saints by what we do. We are saints because he consecrates us and sets us aside. I grew up where everything was a sin. If it, if it made you grin, it was a sin, come on. We couldn't do nothing, we couldn't watch it. We couldn't watch the apple dumpling game, we couldn't watch Snow White, we couldn't watch 101 Dalmatians, you couldn't do nothing. Though the, my, my sister got her ears pierced and you'd have thought she took the mark of the beast, come on somebody. I grew up, the women couldn't wear pants, they couldn't wear makeup. I'm so thankful now that you women can wear makeup. Praise the Lord. I give God glory for it. Come on, if you gotta paint it, paint it. If you gotta lift it, lift it. If you gotta, if you can't achieve it, weave it. Come on, somebody. If you can't do it, glue it. Come, can I get a witness? I don't care about that. I'm not worried about that. You can't put something on that makes you a saint. You can't dress in such a way that makes you a saint. If Jesus doesn't cover you with the blood, you'll never be a saint. I'm a saint. Because he made me a saint. So, so here's what you gotta understand. I'm about to mess you all up. Holy is not what we do. 
Holy is what we are. Do you actually think that you can dress in a way that it'll make you holy? Do you think you can put something on that will make you holy? None of that makes you holy. You are holy because you are washed in the blood of the Lamb and you have been sanctified. You have been separated. But let me go just a little bit deeper. Holiness is not what we do, it's what we are. And what we are affects what we do. So that means that holiness becomes an outward manifestation of an inward condition. That means sooner or later, what I am and who I am needs to converge. That means when I'm holy, sooner or later, I say no to the things of the world and I say yes to the things of Jesus. The Bible says that there was a long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. And the house of David waxed stronger and stronger. And the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. The house of Saul represents the house of the flesh. The house of David represents the house of the spirit. Within you there is David and Saul. But if you stay connected to Jesus, if you stay in the word, I'm telling you that the house of Saul will grow weaker and weaker. And the house of David will grow stronger and stronger. The longer that you serve him, the more like him you will become. I dare you right now, if you're a saint and you're not perfect, but you're better than you used to be, give God a praise right now. Hallelujah. I'm not perfect, but I'm better than I was. And I'm being conformed to do his image. And I'm becoming more like him every day. And I thank God that the mess that used to hold me doesn't hold me anymore. Somebody throw up your hand and say, I'm a saint. And now give God a praise like you believe that you are. That means your behavior begins to modify. Things you do, the way you talk. Saints. Okay, I'm a saint. Set apart for God. But then, understanding that My position as a saint changed my condition, changed my behaviors. Thank you, God. Then John 15, 16, let's go to number two. He said, I've chosen you and I ordained you. So I'm not gonna teach ordained, but ordained means invested with priestly authority. That's just good right there. Somebody say, I'm a saint. And then say, I am chosen. Oh, that's a good place to thank you. You understand that a big part of who you are comes from the reality that you have been chosen. The word chosen is defined as this, an object of choice uh uh-huh, distinguished by favor. An object of choice distinguished by favor. People wonder how you're blessed. People wonder why you walk where you walk and you walk how you walk. It's not because you're so smart, you're so gifted. It's because you are chosen. And when the Lord chose you, he made you an object of favor. I look at my life and my whole story is the favor of the Lord. I am underqualified. 
I will tell you, I shouldn't be standing here. I shouldn't be leading this. There are smarter people than me. There are more gifted people than me. There are better communicators than me. I have to be a, I have to be part preacher, part businessman. Come on, somebody. I have to be part HR man. I have to do a little bit of it all. And I'm really not qualified to do any of it. And when I look around here today and see what the Lord has done, I know it's not been my skill, my gifting, my ability, or what I'm able to do, but it is the favor of God that I cannot describe that has come on my life. And to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. chosen to be favored. See, here's what you have to understand. Don't let anybody convince you that you ain't precious or valuable, young person. You are chosen. Never give anyone in this world the power to determine your worth. You are chosen. And not only are you chosen, you are distinguished by favor. So I need you to testify. Y'all know how I like to make you talk to people. So even if your neighbor looks a little strange, just look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, take my hand, hold it tight. I want you to know what somebody chosen feels like. Feels like this. And then shake their hand real good and say, don't be surprised. The favor of the Lord is on my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So don't be surprised when my children get saved. Don't be surprised when my body gets healed. Don't be surprised when doors open for me. Don't be surprised when the favor of God produces results. Uh. Somebody say, I'm a saint. I'm chosen. Hallelujah. So what is, what is favor? Hmm. What, what, what is favor? Favor is something that you can't do for yourself. When you need something from somebody, what do you say to them? Hey, can you help me out? Can you do me out? Oh, y'all, I wish I could find somebody. Can you do me a favor? Have you ever said, Lord, can you do me a favor? Can you save my lost son? Can you do me a favor? Can you deliver my lost daughter? Can you do me a favor? Will you say, well, apostle, I'm unworthy. I've just got too much junk in my trunk. I've got too much of a past. But let me tell you, the best way to experience God's favor is to come, with, come to terms with the fact that you will never be in position to earn it. Yeah. A favor is something you don't deserve. A favor is something that you ain't got coming. A favor is something that somebody does for you even when you don't deserve it. I don't know about you. There's a lot of reasons that I praise him today, but I praise him because he blessed me even when I did not deserve it. Okay. So, here's the deal. I'm a saint. I'm chosen, I got favor. Mm -hmm. I got favor, 
Yes, I do. I said, I got favor. How about you? You remember we used to say, I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? Watch this. I have favor. Yes, I do. Oh, I have favor. How about you? I have favor. Yes, I do. I have favor. How about? Okay, watch this. Don't look at me like that. I'm chosen. I'm a saint. But then look at Psalm 65, 4. Blessed is the man you choose. So why am I blessed? Because I've been chosen. And calls to approach you that he may dwell in your courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house. So you're chosen. And because you're chosen, you're blessed. And the truth is, I'm a saint whether I feel like it or not. I'm chosen whether I feel like it or not. And the truth is, on my worst day, I'm still blessed. Why? Because I've been chosen. The word blessed here means to lead. It's the word ashar. It means to lead in the blessings that produce happiness, peace, joy, and abundance. That doesn't mean that you won't struggle. That doesn't mean that you won't fight. That doesn't mean that times your children won't break your heart. That doesn't mean that you won't get in the valley. But what it does mean is this. Every time you get in the valley, you'll find the lily of the valley. Come on, somebody. It means that when you get in trouble and when you struggle, the Lord himself is on your side. And I'm telling you, if God is for you, then who can be against you? And if you're on a journey right now and you're not where you want to be, know that you are being led. And when this is over, you're going to experience blessings and favor and happiness and peace and joy. Can I say it by faith? And abundance in the name of Jesus. I speak peace over your house. I speak peace over your family. I speak peace over your mind. You've been chosen. But here's the last thing. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again under fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Papa, God. You have not received the spirit of bondage you get under fear. If you're walking in fear, guess where it comes from? Not God. It's the enemy. You received the spirit of adoption. That means you know who you are. Whereby you cry, Abba, Father. 
See, see, I'm grateful because at 59 years old, I know who I am. I'm adopted. And that may not sound too great, but I think it's unbelievable. I love adoption in the earth, but when I understand adoption in heaven, uh, adopt is two words, it's add and opt. That means when God adopted me, he opted to add me. Y'all, I was an option. All you super religious folks, see, you can't get here. But you got to understand that you were an option. There was nothing you could do to earn the favor of God that you walk in right now today. But he opted to add you. I dare somebody right now, if you feel like you are adopted by the Father of all, give him a praise right now. Uh, He opted to add me. When I wasn't where I needed to be, he opted to add me. When I wasn't born in his house, he opted to have me. When I had problems and issues, he opted to have me. I'm adopted. Now I'm looking for the people who know that you are an option, but you're glad that he added you. Uh, Now I understand adoption. Some of you in here, you understand adoption like me because you've lived it. Now, Now, in the Western understanding of adoption, When you adopt a child, you give that child a new name. He's not known by, she's not known by the old name, but they're known by the new name. I dare somebody right now, if he gave you a new name from sinner to saint, come on somebody, from lost to found, from rejected to chosen, from nobody to somebody. Tell your neighbor, say, I got a new name. Somebody praising that he gave you a brand new name. Hallelujah. I thank God that I got a new name. I praise God that when he adopted me, erased my connection to my past and I got a brand new name. Hallelujah. I've got to thank him that I've got a and then on the adoption papers they erase who used to be your daddy. And they erase, y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Who used to be your mama. And now you're no longer identified by who you used to be up under. And they put your new daddy and your new mama's name on your birth certificate. I dare you right now, if you've now been disconnected from everything the devil tried to bring against you, and now you are a child of God. You ought to praise the Lord. That's 
why general, generational curses are broken. That's why it don't matter what your daddy did, it don't matter what your mama did, it doesn't matter that your generations are alcoholics or drug addicts, it breaks off of you because you are part of a new lineage. Y'all, I got to finish, but I feel like preaching. I feel this down in my bones. Y'all don't know where I came from. You don't know the addiction that was in my house. You don't know that I'll not be here today. But somehow I broke it out for my life. But I didn't just break it off of my life. It's off of my children. It's off of everything that comes after me. Ah! I need somebody that's got a new daddy. Give your daddy some praise right now. Hallelujah. 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 Now let me tell you. About my cheering, my two daughters and my son, <sighs> they ain't scared to ask me for nothing. Y'all better help me. My children will ask me for anything. You know why? Because they know I'm the dad. See, see. In our home, I was the New Testament. Dawn was the Old Testament. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You got to have it that way. I, I walked in grace. Dawn was the law. Come on, somebody. I would threaten you with a spanking. Dawn didn't even give a warning shot. Pow, that was it. I grew up different, y'all. I think, I seriously think that when I was growing up, I had ADA, attention deficit disorder. I was wild. I think I had it. I really do. But the issue was, I was not allowed to have it. Where y'all at? I ain't saying that I, I ain't saying it didn't exist when I was growing up. I'm just saying we wasn't allowed to have it. Because if you started manifesting, your mama would knock you out in Winn-Dixie. Your mom, you, she would, hey, what? What? You, you don't think I'll beat you with this piece of sausage right here. You think I'm playing with you? No. Don't, don't was the Old Testament. I was the New Testament. And what they would do They would come to dad and ask for stuff. I'm gonna tell a story. My kids are grown now, but this was several years ago. My daughters, before Courtney moved out and all this is going on, and y'all pray for me, Chad, he's getting ready to move out. I need prayer, but God's gonna help me. <laughs> they wanted a coffee. What's it called? An espresso machine. 
I don't do that. Just make some coffee. I don't drink the Kapashi Koshana Bahashayev. I don't drink, I don't drink the Mokalata Shandariya. I don't drink that stuff. I don't know, sir. Make me some coffee. I pour it and I might put a little cream in. I'm happy. I, but they wanted this machine and it was all, it was very expensive. And my baby daughter came to me and said, Dad, we want to get this machine. And we want to pay part and we want you to pay the rest. And of course I said, sure. I don't even drink that stuff. Sure. They go to their mom. They said, well, hey, dad said we could get this. Your daddy don't even like that. We ain't doing that. Your daddy don't even like that coffee. There's no need for us to do that. They said, wait a minute. Daddy said, yes. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but there are some things you're believing for in your life, and everybody said you can't have it, but I've come to tell you that you're a saint. You're chosen, you are blessed, you are adopted, and daddy says yes. Tell everybody in your neighborhood, daddy said yes. Yes to your healing. Yes to your breakthrough. Yes to your new season. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Watch it now, watch it now, watch it now. It says that, 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 that we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father. Cry is the word crazo. It means to holler, it means to scream, it means to shriek, y'all let me. It means to croak. It means to get to a place where you know who you are and I'm telling you your children should never be afraid to cry out to you when they know who you are. Everybody know who your father is today. So tell everybody in your neighborhood, say you can just sit there, but I'd like 10 seconds to give God a crazy praise. Because daddy said yes. Daddy said yes. Somebody needs to hear that today. Understand your identity. Oh, hallelujah. So somebody put your hand on your chest and kind of unpack this. Somebody say, I'm a saint. I'm chosen. I'm blessed. I'm adopted. I know who I am. Now give him praise if you really do. So, I've kind of explained to you uh, the Western understanding of what it means to be adopted. New name, new lineage, generational curses broken. Come on now. I become more like my father. That's why I'm a saint. Not because I earned it. Not because I deserve it. And see, in this confused world, 
if the church doesn't know that we're saints, not only will we excuse the behavior of the world, we'll get in the behavior ourselves. Come on now. So, I'm a saint. I'm chosen. You ever played ball and you want to get picked on the team? You didn't get picked. But I'm here today. He chose me. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm blessed. Hey, there's, I'm blessed and there ain't nothing you can do about it. <laughs> I, in fact, in a very real sense, I'm blessed and there ain't nothing I can do about it. As long as I stay connected to Jesus. But I'm adopted. Now we understand, like I said, the Western mindset of adoption and it's so beautiful. But let's look at the Eastern understanding of adoption. Hemothosis is the word. In, in, in the Eastern mindset of adoption, it's even more beautiful. This is personal to me now. In the Eastern mindset of adoption, this word hemothosis, it means I adopted you, but understand this, you are mine, and you've always been mine. You, you, you are mine, and you've always been mine. Even though we signed a paper, you were mine before that paper was ever signed. That paper don't make you mine. They ain't burn that paper up tomorrow. You're going to still be mine. You stuck with me. In fact, before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye, before your mom and daddy even got together, before you were even deposited in your mother's womb, you were already mine. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060 or you can visit calvaryfl.com slash give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. You can also stay connected by following us on social media at Calvary FL and by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, thank you for joining us.